We spend the next few minutes of WGTD's morning show with one of the country's best-known and most influential columnists, George F. Will. He has written a twice-weekly column for the Washington Post since 1974. The author of 15 previous books, his latest book is titled American Happiness and Discontents, The Unruly Torrent, 2008-2020, to published by Hachette, a book which is a generous helping of the columns that he has written over the last dozen years, years which have been, of course, quite tumultuous for this country. Mr. Will, I especially enjoyed the introduction to your book in which you give us background in your approach to writing columns, which you've done for the Washington Post since 1974. One thing you say that leapt out at me was, the fact that most Americans do not read newspapers, let alone the commentary columns, is actually emancipating for columnists. Explain what you mean, why that is so. What it means is that the people who, who come to the page come of their own volition. They want to read op- opinions, which means they've probably got a lively interest in all the subjects of the day and a well-stocked mind with information. Therefore, A, you don't need to, you don't dare to write down to your readers. You can treat them as, frankly, an intellectually upscale audience. And uh, the vocabulary can be different. You can assume a stock of knowledge. You don't have to invent the wheel every time, saying, by the way, there are three branches of government. Uh, So in that sense, it makes dealing with issues in 750 words easier. You also, I think, so aptly describe the current media environment as a blitzkrieg of words written and spoken. In any respect, do you think your work as a columnist has changed because you are writing in the midst of such a different media environment than was in place, for instance, back in 1974? I sort of hope it hasn't changed because I ignore social media. I don't tweet. Uh, I wouldn't know how to tweet, to tell you the truth. Uh, Someone on my staff twice a week tweets out words from my columns twice a week. That's it. I'm told I have a Facebook page. I've never seen it. Uh, So I just ignore that stuff. I still think the printed word is the primary carrier of ideas, books, newspapers, magazines. And uh, we all are aware, and you're in, in this business, you're aware that people now tend to live in intellectual silos. They choose the, the congenial sources of news, which tends to drive us apart and to, and to increase polarization, frankly. So I try to ignore that. I, I, I like to say that the, that the columns I write, like the ones in the book, are, are accessible to people who are not in intellectual silos. Speaking of intellectual silos, uh, I do want to ask you about something that you say about higher education and in, in, in the interest of full disclosure, I should mention that my full-time job is teaching at a local liberal arts college here. You say at one point, again, this is in the introduction, and it's a point made in several different columns gathered in your book, America's most dispiriting intellectual phenomenon is the degradation of higher education, which is being swept by two plagues uh, to which it should be immune, fads and hysterias. I'd love to hear more about uh, what what the heart of your concern is in that respect. Well, as you know, two sections in the book. One deals with parenting, and it goes right on to the next about academia. And they're related. 
the way we are parenting now, and isn't it interesting that the noun parent has become a verb, <laughs> the way we're parenting produces bubble wrap children, you know, insulated from failure, told from birth that they're awesome, that we all live in like woebegone, where all the children are above average. And they raise risk-averse children who get to campus, and lo and behold, the first thing they're looking for is freedom from speech, not of speech. They're looking for safe spaces where they'll be safe from microaggressions. And they want biased response teams touring the country looking for uh, misbehavior. As our campuses have become ideologically monochrome, uh, entirely dominated by progressive left-wing views, Always in the name of diversity, interesting enough. Our campuses have become places where everyone looks different, but everyone thinks alike. Diversity and everything but thought. And uh, it's deeply depressing because our great research universities have evolved over 800 years through thickets of political and ecclesiastical interference. And we can kick all this away in one or two generations of people who are not in higher education for education, but rather to inflict indoctrination. We're speaking with George F. Will about his most recent book called American Happiness and Discontents, The Unruly Torrent, 2008 to 2020. This is a collection of a plethora of his columns from recent years, uh, uh, ranging over a, a uh, wide expanse of, of different uh, topics. One of the things that you point out in the introduction, which I think is so interesting, is that we will see actually very little here about our most recent presidents. You write, they permeate the national consciousness to a degree that is unhealthy and, strictly speaking, unrepublican and anti-constitutional. Entire forests are felled to produce books about presidents, but they are temporary. They come and go. Uh, has that always been your opinion, or is that a realization you have come to more recently, that we tend to think about our presidents and their significance uh, far too much? I've had this opinion for a long time. It was deepened, of course, by the experience of our 45th president. You know, when Senator Bennett of Colorado made a kind of lackluster, half-hearted attempt to get the Democratic nomination in 2020, He said, vote for me and you'll get a president you won't have to think about for weeks at a time. I said, that's my man. That's the guy I want. Presidents are just too much with us. And frankly, politics is too much with us. I'm a firm believer in the axiom, it's a truism really, that politics is downstream from culture. And it's cultural questions, uh, such as you and I just touched on about parenting and what's happening on our campuses. And, of course, what happens on campus doesn't stay on campus. These, it seems to me, are the neglected issues of our time as we focus entirely too much on what's happening in Washington and entirely too much in Washington on what's happening with the presidency. Now, are you saying that the presidents and and what they do, what they think, what they try to accomplish doesn't matter? And that's why we shouldn't pay attention to them. I don't, I don't mean don't matter at all, but don't matter as much as we, they think we matter. Or is it that we, we harm ourselves or our collective good when we focus on presidents too much at the neglect of more important things? Uh, both. We, 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 we neg- by focusing on the presidents and necessarily, therefore, on politics, we're neglecting the fact that politics isn't the be-all and end-all of American life. But beyond that, we're neglecting Congress, we're neglecting the courts, 
we're neglecting the judicial supervision of the excesses of our democracy. I'm one of those conservatives who believes that we, do, we don't want judicial restraint. We want an engaged judiciary protecting our rights from majority abuses. Some people have said judicial review and all that is a counter-majoritarian dilemma. I don't think it's a dilemma at all. I think when courts become deferential, too deferential to legislatures, be they Congress or city councils, that deference becomes a dereliction of the judicial duty to enforce the laws properly and the Constitution rigorously. Mm. You write at one point, uh, this touches on the overarching theme of the book, happiness has been elusive for this dyspeptic nation in which too many people think and act as tribes and define their happiness as some other tribes' unhappiness. That seems like a trap from which it is not easy to escape. It's not easy to escape, and and Wisconsin, it seems to me, is is a, a case study in this. The, the bitterness of politics is uh, astonishing today. And what makes the bitterness so hard to cope with is it's not clear what kind of legislative agenda could ameliorate this, could mollify the people who are angry. Because, as I, as I say, and as you just quoted, they're angry not about the absence of this or that program or law. They're angry at the other side for existing, uh, which makes it really hard to come to terms in a kind of democratic culture of sensible persuasion. Hmm. A last question. I think many people, uh, whether they admire you or tend to criticize you, may be surprised to know that you are actually from the Midwest, that is, born in Champaign, Illinois. How much of the Midwest remains with you uh, in terms of emotionally and, and, and intellectually as you look at the world and understand it? A, a lot. I always think of myself as, as a Champaign-Urbana kid from central Illinois, where, by the way, late at night I could get the Milwaukee Braves games back in the day. <laughs> I'm from Milwaukee, and I ought to know it's draft brewed Blatt's beer wherever you go and all that. I actually uh, uh, was a camp counselor during the summer at uh, Com- Camp Cumberland and uh, or Camp Brigadoon in Cumberland, Wisconsin, not far from Rice Lake. So I spent a bunch of time there and, and a lot of time in Milwaukee because I was on the board of the uh, Bradley Foundation, and Bud Selig is one of my very best friends. So I, 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 I'm a Midwesterner through and through. And I appreciated this chance to speak with you, George F. Will. Thank you so much. Best wishes. I, I enjoyed it. Thank you. George F. Will's most recent book, American Happiness and Discontents, is a generous helping of some of the columns he has written over the last dozen years. The chapter headings include such titles as The Path to the Present, Politics and Policies, Justice More or Less Sometimes, Excursions into Science, Thinking Economically, Skirmishes in the Culture War, Peculiar Goings-On in the Groves of Academia, Darkness Remembered, Complaints and Appreciations, and Farewells Mostly Fond. The full title, American Happiness and Discontents, The Unruly Torrent, 2008-2020. to The book is published by Hachette Publishing.